Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Now's the time for our children's message. Karen, what does welcome feel like to you? When someone says hello. When someone says hello. It's nice to see you. Okay. And what kind of places might someone do that? When I go to someone's house. And when we come to this church. When we come to this church. What else might make you feel welcome? So they say hello. They say it's nice to see you. What do you want to be on their face? A smile. A smile. Not a creepy expression. <laughs> a okay. twinkle in their eye. A twinkle in their eye. Then you know they really are happy to see you. They really are happy to see you. And, and they, might, uh, they might offer to show you what at a church? Where I can sit. Okay. The bulletin. The bulletin, especially if you're not familiar with that church and that bulletin. Correct. What about at their home? They might offer me coffee or tea or yes. a glass of water. Okay. And what about when you are at work? It's nice to be able to walk in and have interaction with everybody before you start the work day. So hello, how was your evening, how was your weekend before you start your day? So for kids who are in school, what can they do? They can walk into their classroom and say hello to everybody. They can be the welcoming person. They can be the welcoming person, yes. And what other ways can they welcome a person? They can offer to help hang up their coat or their backpack. Yes. They could offer them a glass of water if water is available in the classrooms. Offers. And especially they can say good morning to their teacher. Good morning to their teacher, yes, to make their teacher even feel welcome too. So the church is whose house? God's house. God's house. And we know that God welcomes us into God's home. God uses other people to welcome us into God's home. Why do you suppose God welcomes us into God's home and God wants us to welcome people into God's home? We as Christians have been tasked and we know that it is our duty and our delight to be that voice for God and for Jesus. Yes. So when they come to, come to encounter God, one of the ways they do it is through us. Correct. God has loved us so much, it's really lucky for us to have every chance to welcome other people in God's name. Let's pray a thanks. All right. Dear God, thank you for welcoming us. Thank you for giving us people to welcome. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome the gospel together.
When Jesus sends his disciples out as missionaries, he warns them of persecution and hardships they will face. He also promises to reward any who, did, who aid his followers and support their ministry. The Holy Gospel, according to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Jesus said to the twelve, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to, the, to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple Truly, I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be this is one of those very short passages that carries layers and layers in it of how to love. Because this is part of the sending. We talked about Jesus. I mean, for the past number of weeks, we've talked about the way Jesus went about loving people, but also some of the warnings that we, we need to be realistic about and, and trusting God be, to be present as, as we suffer, as we face conflict, as we face opposition uh, and unkindness and lack of welcome. And here he's telling, first of all, those who will, will welcome the disciples, share with them. Share with them. Take care of them in my name. Just as you would welcome me. Welcome them. Because there will come a time. Remember, he's saying this before before his death and resurrection. So he's letting them know there will come a time when they will, they will come to you unaccompanied by me, Jesus. They will come to you on their own. And you, just as you're come, uh, uh, welcoming me, and in some cases ushering me in and, and making sure that I'm well cared for, care for, care for these who come in my name. Because it's the same thing. And it's a reminder that every time we see a new person, every time we see, uh, okay, I, I, I shouldn't start with new because it makes it sound like the contrast is old, but the contrast is, is a familiar person. Every time we see a new person, every time we see a familiar person, every time we see somebody with whom we've been worshiping for a long time, Every time we see somebody who doesn't know their way around, the welcome in Jesus' name is the same calling. We're called to welcome that person in Jesus' name, just as we would Jesus. And just as we don't get complacent about Jesus, okay, I'm assuming we don't get complacent about Jesus. You know, when Jesus comes in, we don't say, when we're, when we're on those moments where we're more aware, we're like, yeah. Saw you last week. Uh, you know, it's, it's exciting, right? You know, those moments where, where we, we have some kind of special awareness or where we come into the, the, the presence of the spirit. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a casual, casual incidental take for granted, become too familiar sort of welcome. It's a, a this is sacred every single time. 
Well, we're reminded every single time we see those people that we saw last week. We're still invited to welcome them. Welcome them. And not like you know where everything is, welcome. You know your way around. But, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here, and I, and I welcome you into the fellowship. And when the disciples are being sent out, they're going to be sent out into some really tra- challenging circumstances. Well, the reality for a lot of mainstream Christians in, in today's world is that we are sent out, really sent out, into a world that makes assumptions about what Christians believe that may or may not be consistent with what we believe. We will encounter a world that in some cases says, I don't like you people because you people do fill in the line here, right? And sometimes that is because that's how they've experienced some of our brethren, right? There are people who have been wounded by churches, have been wounded by other Christians, have been wounded by being told that they're not right with God's love, and haven't been invited to learn and grow together. And so there there are those that come from that woundedness. There are those who also have a stereotype who haven't experienced that, but have a stereotype that we're all out, you know, with a clipboard judging them. Because that's what we all do, right? We carry around a clipboard to judge people. Um, I, I I hope, I forget my clipboard a lot if that's the case. But, but, but realistically, I mean, there are people who, if they know we're religious, they will make those assumptions about us. And there are those of us who are so afraid they're going to make those assumptions about us that we're very shy about our religion. That we encounter people every day. In fact, people maybe we've known for a long time who might not even know that we're religiously active. Who might work with us. Hopefully not me, because I actually, it's my job. But people who might work with us who might not know that we're religiously active because we're so afraid of the assumptions that they're going to make. All of that is layers of welcome in Christ's name. It's how we're assuming we're going to be welcomed. It's how we welcome each other. And how, what does it mean to trust that Christ is present in those moments, regardless of how other responds. Regardless of when we go visit another church, whether or not they show us where the bathroom is. We're welcome in Christ's name there because we know Christ is with us. We're called to do it in Christ's name. We're also called, called to grow out, go out in Christ's name. And then if somebody doesn't greet us first, every now and then you'll read in Dear Abby, you know, is it proper for when I, when I go into the office after so-and-so has been there for several hours and they don't say hello to me, you know, and I'm mad. And I, it's worded differently, but if you read Dear Abby, which I do because I like Dear Abby, but if you read Dear Abby, there are these arguments about who's supposed to say hello to whom first. As a Christian, say hello first. 
If somebody greets you when you come in, yay. Accept that welcome in Christ's name. Accept that greeting in Christ's name. If they don't, greet them first. In Christ's name. Because that's the way Jesus goes out, and that's the way Jesus sends us out. God, Jesus sends us out saying, sometimes you're, you're going to be in difficult situations. But there are those who will welcome you. They will welcome you in my name. And I'm reassuring you that everyone who does so is also claimed by me. And then he says, even, even whoever welcomes, uh, gives a cup of water, cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple. Little ones, he's often referring to children, but little ones sometimes also means those who are treated as lowest in, in society. And, and in Jesus' time, we're talking about a highly stratified society. Whatever, whatever level you were born into, that's where you were. That's where you were going to stay. You know, if you were born a slave, you're going to stay a slave. If you were born a, a person who was indentured and working your way out of slavery, that's where you were going to stay. There were just, it, it was assumed that you were sent into that situation by God, which is very different and very different from our ethos as Americans. That this whole status thing is already really uncomfortable for us. The point being that Jesus is often talking about those who get treated as less, those who are less important, those who it's okay to step on, literally sometimes, if we don't want to st stand walk in a puddle. I mean, there were those people who that was their status. They were that low. If you give water to one of those in my name, what he says, they will not lose their reward. They will not lose that connection that happens in welcome and in service. Because something sacred happens when you welcome people in Christ's name. Something sacred happens when you serve people in Christ's name. Read Living and Growing from this Friday. Uh, but something sacred happens, and it happens to both. It happens to both the giver and the recipient. Meaning, if somebody offers you a glass of water in Christ's name, that's a blessed gift. And that might mean the most, be the most that they have to offer. Receive that with appropriate appreciation and dignity. One of the things that I love about the 4th of July giveaway is talking to people. But also there are people, especially if it's been a warm day, who come by and say, oh, you have cold water. You have something cold to drink. You have lemonade. Really? I can have a free drink of cold water. If you've never been here, it's, it's really quite fun to say, yes, we really do have free drinks. We really are giving you free drinks. And you're welcome. And then people say, oh, where do I pay? And we say, well, we have a, a very prominently placed donation bin that you're welcome to give to, but it's absolutely not required. 
It's, it's, it's free. It's at the end of the line. It's free. And we're giving it to you because we have this location, we have this opportunity, we have this tradition that was started by somebody who had a calling to start it. We have the people who donate to make this happen every year, we have the barbecues, and we have fun. And we're doing it because we get to. So yes, you really get cold water. And yes, your kid really can have another cookie if we give out cookies that year. I don't think we have cookies this year, but yes. Your kid really can have a hot dog or another one to take home. So it's a blessing to be able to do that. It's a blessing for the people who, who come by. And because part of my role, because I'm loud and obnoxious and I enjoy doing it, uh, is to tell people free hot dogs, free hot dogs over here, right? And just yell. And, and there are people who walk across the street kind of afraid if they haven't been here before, that if they come across the street, they might get roped into some Jesus stuff. Or who knows? And it's like, to really, just come help yourself to a hot dog. People will let me know if they want to talk Jesus stuff, and please know that I'm happy to talk about it, and so are most of the other members, or most of the members of the congregation are at least willing to. But no, we're not going to rope you into Jesus stuff. We just want to give you a hot dog and some drinks and have, you know, get to know you. So for people knowing that, that they are welcome, they are welcome at that level, is refreshing. Not everybody's ready to sign up. That's OK. And not everybody wants a hot dog. But for those who do, they always come back in subsequent years. That's, the, that's part of that experiencing of that reward. That's, that's part of experiencing that love in Christ, that freely giving and receiving. And I will tell you that if you refuse to receive, not you're welcome to refuse to receive a hot dog, but if you refuse to receive that kind of Christian hospitality, that kind of Christian love in the spirit in which it's intended, you are declining for that moment that experience of Jesus' love. Because Jesus calls us to engage with that, to receive it. And just as we receive it from Jesus, and just as we're happy to give it. If we're not happy to receive it, the other doesn't get to give. So there's this mutuality that's part of this text. It's part of a warning. It's part of a whole sermon about trials, suffering that we'll experience. But it's also just this reminder to be called back to the simple, the simple. And that's why it's, it's he talks about prophecy and he talks about righteousness, but then he talks about a, a glass of water, that thing that is most fundamental to our wellness, a glass of water. Go ahead and receive that in Christ's name where it's offered. And celebrate when you have an opportunity to share whether it's here on 4th of July or whether it's some other opportunity. I invite you to rejoice in that. Amen. Let us confess together. Believe in God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Trusting in God's obedient mercy, abundant mercy. Let us offer our prayers for a world in need. We pray for the church, for wisdom to heed the voices of prophets in our midst who cast a vision of God's promised future for courage to welcome people whom society rejects, for resolve to serve all in need. God, in your mercy, we pray for creation, for all rivers, lakes, oceans, and streams, for lands experiencing scorching heat, drought, or wildfires for conservation organizations and environmental activists, for scientists working on clean energy solutions. God, in your mercy, we pray for this nation and all nations, for presidents, governors, and legislators, for judges, juries, district attorneys, and public defenders, for military personnel, for those who are incarcerated, guide us in ways of freedom that promote the common good. God, in your mercy, we pray for those in need, for exiles, immigrants, refugees, and those seeking asylum, for victims of harassment, torture, or abuse, for those who are ill, for any near death, and for all who grieve. God, in your mercy, we pray for children, for their safety at home and in child care settings, for their flourishing at summer programs and camps, for the many people who care for them, including parents and grandparents, child care workers and teachers, coaches, counselors and mentors, pediatricians and psychologists. God, in your mercy. We pray for rostered leaders, for presiding Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Senate Bishop Shirley Wickstrom, Bishop Tessa Moon Lyseth of our sister Senate, the Southeast Cluster, 
Pastor Karen Perkins, and Epiphany Lutheran Episcopal Church Valdez. God, in your mercy, for what else do the people of God pray? Pray for those in Paris and other cities in France that have erupted in days and days of rioting, those dealing with uh, violence, especially against those who are non-white, and officers, police also officers concerned about their safe ability to, to do their jobs. We give thanks for all the saints and prophets who have received the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. May their lives of humble service inspire us in faith. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive our prayers and answer us, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We Encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. God of field and forest, sea and sky, you are the giver of all good things. Sustain us with these gifts of your creation and multiply your graciousness in us that the world may be fed with your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. If you'll join with me, the mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. 
the God who calls across the cosmos and speaks in the smallest seed. Bless, keep, and sustain you now and to the end of the age. the harvest. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.